people. You can't make a birthday cake with chickpeas and call it a cheesecake. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I am handing out some pink calling stars. Dave Rod and Cassie Anderson are here, and they've got a why to live for. Someone's about to find their destiny. But before we break out the doilies and punch, now that they're finished with their own live ammo counseling sesh, let's welcome in our favorite calling quilters, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good, good day. day. Dave, good day. Good day. And Cassie Anderson, first time friend of the pod. Yay! Yay! Welcome. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Guys. What a weekend. Yeah. Whew. It was jam-packed. I mean, Marin, you came to church for the first time that I was playing <laughs> worship by myself. Not the first time. I've seen you play worship at North Indy once before. And I was telling Marin, man, <laughs> nothing makes you nervous when you sing, like singing a, an original song in front of the person who wrote it, <laughs> which is what happened in North Indy. So I got, I got like the, the like, Cold sweats. Stop. No, you yeah. did not. Yeah, I was a little nervous. You were nails. Nervous. You were nails. Oh, thanks. It was amazing. It was awesome. It I was really cold awesome. sweats all yeah. weekend too. It's you just, you did. Yeah. yeah. I just don't ever want to. You don't ever want to like hit a chord or like look down at her and she just shakes her head slowly. I, know. <laughs> I would not do I know. that. I would never do that. Yeah. But I it's got, not every day you get to see one of your friends, you right. know, singing a song that you helped write. So, so I was at North Indy too for no, yeah. like literally no reason. I didn't know you guys were there. I was just, I was just like, hey, I'll, I think I'll do North Indy because I haven't been there in a little bit. Yeah. So I go there. Welcome. Tyler's there. Maren's there. My dad is there. <laughs> my mom is there. It's like, okay. Party, that man. wasn't on purpose? No. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and you, totally awesome. and you brought Humphrey with you. I thought about <laughs> it. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, guys. Yeah. What's new? What's happening? What's new? I got bad news. Uh-oh. I don't have prompts for any of you, so yeah, I don't, much, we're, we're don't know what's new. We're lost. There's not much to prompt about, and literally all the things I could think about that were like interesting updates are not interesting. Like those chips, <laughs> chips that you gave me. Yes, do very tell. delicious. Yeah, thank you. Very unique. They were great. Look, guys, I'm Could going. Use a little more salt. <laughs> what? No. Wait, what kind of chips? And that's what I'm They're wondering. El Milagro. Oh, what? Dave, you the see, miracle. it was their birthdays, and I brought them Chicago chips, like my favorite tortilla chips. El Milagro. They're the best. Well, all right. Yeah. I, I, you know why they weren't salty enough for you? It's because they were just normal chips. They weren't like American nasty. Uh, like They weren't right? as good as Tostino scoops. <gasps> that's it. Wait. This might be my last episode. No, they, no. they were excellent. Thank where, you. Back, are they, Tyler. where are they made? In Chicago. They're made in Chicago. Chicago. I can purchase them here at the Kroger on 116th and Olio, and that is the only place I know. And I've El gone Milagro. everywhere. They don't even sell them at like the supermercado, like the Mexican grocery store, 96 in Allisonville. You can mm. only find them in one place. For the um, for the extreme <laughs> for the extreme friends of the pod, this is the same brand of yes! tortilla that we talked about on the very first episode. Yes, loyal listeners. Well, I found out what Milagro means. Yeah. The miracle. That's what I've been saying oh. over and over again. <laughs> you just found what? that out. I keep I saying it. I just found it. that out. Yeah, well. Oh, And you know my how I found goodness. that out. Well, maybe I should. I, what? You've been saying that the we, whole time? Like, we literally, kinda, last we time. sang it last weekend. I know. That's how I found Is that out. that really? Yeah. Milagros pueden suceder. At the rooted, yes. uh, rooted party, <laughs> you guys sang Milagro on a song. I was like, oh, like the chips. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. So, Barry, yes. I'm going I'm to tee you up right here. Okay. Same name for the hamburger that you like. What? The Miracle Burger. No, Impossible Burger. Oh, okay. Milagro I'm Burger. Messed it up. Teed me. That was the wrong... Sorry. That was the wrong... Uh, <laughs> squirrel. squirrel noises. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, Do you see that? The Impossible Burger, the plant-based burger is coming to Burger King. No. They're making a Whopper with the Impossible Burger, and it's actually Interesting. delicious. It so is, I've had it. It's delicious. So the, what, what is the Impossible Burger? Who, it's science and is plants. Is it like bugs? <laughs> Made out of heme. No, it's not. No, nothing. It's, it's all, not bugs. It's what like it? soy. Satan? No, it's no, not it's Satan. Ma- it's it's, it's all heme. soy stuff. H-E-M-E. Is it beets? No, no beets. Oh, it's no just beets. soy. I've, Chickpea. <laughs> Uh, anyway, no chickpeas. I don't know what is all in it, but it's very good. It's actually got a lot of protein. It's a great substitute if you don't want to eat meat. Right. And the thing is, I've had to like not go to uh, fast food restaurants because there's really very little for me to eat at those places if I don't want to eat meat. And now I can go get a Whopper. There you so, go. There who always ever French thought fries. that Burger King would be back in my life? <laughs> it's always fries. Can fries. you flame always broil a... Uh, 
Impossible Burger. Yep, you Art- can do everything. It's it. All right. It like even Article kind of the like they made it look morning. like it kind of bleeds really? and yeah. stuff. I'm, oh. I'm I'm excited about this. I <laughs> Have don't. You ever had Cassie's one? not impressed. <laughs> no, I I don't know that I've had one. I can't remember. So I used to get what I go to a farmer's market and they made this incredible, you know, vegetarian or vegan patty of some kind. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to call it a burger. I'll call it something else. I liked to have it with an avocado and a fried egg. Like mm-hmm. the thing was oh, incredible. That sounds good. And you don't want to call it a burger it. because it's a, because of the reference to Hamburg, the yeah, city in Germany. That's why. Feed me. That's exactly why. No, my it. brain will not process that as meat because I think there was like chickpeas in there. Like mm-hmm. my sister does a lot of this, trying to swap this thing out for that thing. And no, no, you cannot make a birthday cake. So are you cake. one of those people? You can't make a birthday cake with chickpeas and call it a cheesecake. Are you? It's not. Are you one of the people who gets upset when you see almond milk referred to as milk? You should just call it something else. Like uh, the milks don't bother me. Because you know, there's a whole campaign by the Cashew milk industry milk. I've to this. say like almond milk's not milk. It's you can't not milk and almond. Could, yeah, what would you call it? Exactly. I don't juice. Know. Juice. Yeah. <laughs> the Powdery reason I don't white. have a problem with it is because of horchata rice milk. We've been drinking horchata since forever. Rice milk? Yeah. Doesn't that have milk in it? That's the second Not necessarily. Oh. That's a miracle too. Mm-hmm. What are we even talking about right now? <laughs> what is this well, conversation? Right, this all started. I have, a, I have a health question or something. Okay. What's, question. What is wheatgrass? Because I uh-huh. saw somewhere that, that you can give it to rabbits. So I, I saw some. Mm-hmm. At, Did you drink it? No, it's like literal <laughs> grass growing in a little pot. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it at a grocery store. Does it have wheat in it? I don't know. Did That's you juice why it? I'm asking. No, didn't juice it. I gave it to my rabbits and they <laughs> ate it like grass and they loved it. But then I like posted that on Humphrey's Instagram and did hashtag wheatgrass. And out of curiosity, I clicked it and it's just a bunch of happy people yeah. holding it's like wheatgrass. Shot. You like making... put stuff in smoothies and stuff. What shot, is shot, it? Shot. Like, why is that good for you? <laughs> Nobody knows. That's, so, I've tried it before as like a juiced thing. Like you, you yeah. get it in like a little communion looking cup. And yeah. It's supposed to give you like the energy of the sun, which I felt like it boosted my energy. It I just tasted terrible. I think that's what I'm drinking right now and I don't yeah, like Dave's it. Yeah, got wheatgrass. <laughs> I don't like it at it's all. It's creamed. You you're not into it? Matcha. No, it's like, it's, uh, it's Starbucks. It looked, it looked, I wanted something different. So I ordered it today. Yeah. And it's like cream sugar grass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So gross. Okay, sorry. You asked right. what was up. I and said what's what happens, up and you said this chips. This is what happens when you don't have props for us, Kyler. <laughs> you, did, yeah. you did say chips. That's right. how it Marin, all began. Let's, I, try, let's try you. What's what's going on? I <laughs> am leaving the minute we are done speaking here uh, to, spring today. Break. Going to see my mother. So I spent, after church yesterday, I went home and yeah. I made 20 burritos and Greek chicken. To take with you? Homemade tzatziki sauce and Asian lettuce wraps. Please tell me you're taking this with you and you're not making it for your leftover husband and kids. Some, I I did like double up some batches to make sure that Jed and the kids were like properly sustained in my absence. But no, this is going in my mom's freezer. so much nicer than I am. Here's some Lunchables. I don't know. Yeah. Are you worried about what would happen if you didn't prepare some food? No, I'm not like worried. Um, It's just more like trying to get ahead of the game. If there is no food, then it's an excuse to like go out to eat Uh, and let's mm -hmm. go not just for like little Caesar's pizza. Let's go for Giordano's pizza, which I know he had a craving for two days ago. It's probably going to happen whether (laughs) I made food or not, but I'm just trying to get ahead of the game. Good for you. (laughs) Nice. This is the Between Sundays food review. (laughs) (laughs) Wheatgrass and Giordano's. Anything new with you? What's going on? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been here. You got a book that's come out. Yeah, you know, how's my, that going? Well, <laughs> I, I are, we move, are we moving books? Well, we are, but I mean, right now the whole book thing is centered on Grace Church. Yeah, and, and it really doesn't actually literally get published till May. Yeah, true. Like you can't get it on Amazon. You can't get it on Amazon until May. No, my mom is on a waiting list. She can get it. She can. Order it through our bookstore. Oh, and we'll, I know. We'll mail it. I told her this, but she wanted to go the Amazon yeah, she route. Wanted, so she, she wants the Kindle, waiting. Kindle like, or something. I could bring it to her right now. The e version will be available shortly too, like nice. before the rest of the book. Or uh, that I'm not sure. I've, I need to talk to my publisher. But the but the fact is, now I'm starting to. I might have to fly out to California to speak at a church, and. <laughs> About the book? Which is good. I'm, I'm so I'm, sorry. I, I, <laughs> no, Man, California. While there's snow on the ground yeah. in Indiana. So, yeah. Man. The thing about books is that publishers don't sell books. Mm. You you sell your book. Yep. That's the bottom line. And so I'm now having to 
I essentially have three jobs right now. That's what's going on. <laughs> okay. I have three jobs. Okay. Wow. So, How so about you're the audio, a little busy. Audio book. Where are we at on that? I don't, I could use some input from all of the pod people can, would, it's, it's a costly enterprise okay. to, to go about making it. I yeah, just, but you don't have to have James Earl Jones do the voiceover. <laughs> like there are ways to save some money. <laughs> <laughs> can I get James Earl Jones? I mean, you can. Be... It's a costly enterprise. That's oh, all I'm that's saying. Oh, <laughs> Even my if I goodness. did it myself, it's it, the thing is, I want to. Yeah, I, I would Steve love Buscemi's to know. Steve available. Mm, awesome. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. That would be oh, awesome. My goodness. <laughs> or I could do what? Big Bird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Here's your calling quilt. I Milo mean, would... would love it. Or Milo, or we yeah, could, Milo could do it. Have yeah. the kids do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be great. I'm wondering if I, could I don't still know. I'd love elbow. to know if people really would use it if I if I produced it. Some probably would. Some but... probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. All right. Great. How about you, Tyler? Well, all right. So <laughs> I'm not going on spring break. I already went on spring break. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. But I'm looking forward to. We found out, well, this is kind of old news, but it's new news to the pod. We found out that we get to go on a four-day cruise in a few weeks. DC Talk Cruise. What? So jealous. Talk. Quit not, it. So not really, Stop but. Stop right now. How is this something you just find out? All right. So like Publishers Clearinghouse came to your front door <laughs> so with balloons. balloons. DC Talk is a uh, 90s <laughs> Christian Music group, right? Yeah, they are, a verb. Literally, yeah. they are the music, the soundtrack <laughs> of my youth, uh-huh. basically. Oh, yeah, oh dear. Gosh. I was a hardcore DC Talk fan. So our friend John is performing on this show. He's a comedian. He gets to sh- he gets to perform on this show on this cruise, and he gets like ten free rooms. Nice. And he also has like nine brothers and sisters, and so <laughs> the tenth room was free, and. He invited us, so we get to go. That's awesome. news. That is awesome. Well, yeah, that so is we're excited. Fun. We can't decide if we want to take Milo, though. Mm. I kind of have this weird fear that he's going to fall off the boat. Mm-hmm. Does that happen? No. Okay. N- not if you're watching him. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's part of the other problem. I don't want to watch him. Here, here's one suggestion. Yeah. Don't dangle him over the edge. <laughs> yeah, that's don't one do that. suggestion. Just don't do don't that. Do that. Yeah. And then you won't have a problem. He's really into the oceans right now. Like, he's watching uh, Blue Planet. <laughs> Are you serious? All My son was oceans. watching Blue Planet this morning. Yeah, he's he's big into Blue Planet right well, now. Jaden was watching that this morning as I made my coffee and it was creeping me out and I had to leave the room. He likes the uh, crabs <laughs> and the dolphins. As one does. Because there's, there, there's a crab yeah. in uh, Moana yeah. that he also loves. Yeah. And so now he wants to watch the crab on Blue Planet because it reminds him of Moana. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Is, I can't keep up with this kid. Are the crabs on Blue Planet blinged out? Like <laughs> No, but he does call them shiny. Nice. Yeah. I can't shiny. I can't keep up with him. I saw him yesterday and I tried to sing like a couple songs that mm-hmm. I knew he was into and he yeah. was not. He's no longer into them. No, Only he, I think I got him with wheels on the bus. Yeah. But I tried to sing Zacchaeus and nope. he literally shook his head at yeah, me. Yeah, he's on the, he's on <laughs> the B-sides, man. <laughs> Did you see him in the in the aisle when you were singing? No, I heard that oh, he was he dancing was, in the aisle. Oh, 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 oh. The thing. It was funny. really cute. It was, it was kind of dancing, kind of just shaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how I, I loved it. It was yeah. it was awesome. That's My funny. favorite recent Milo video is him singing along to uh the song from Lion King. Lion King. Like, yeah. Uh the part where they're like uh Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see what's happening. Oh and he goes, gosh. What? <laughs> and they don't have a clue. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong lyric, Milo, yeah. but uh yeah. we'll oh, get it. it's very we'll cute. Get it so cute. All right. Let's move on. Uh, this past weekend was great. We've done it. We've done something like it before. Dave brought out, um, you call it a calling quilt exercise, right? Right. And uh, you, your victim was Cassie. <laughs> Cassie <laughs> calling quilt victim was Cassie. Um, so that's why you're here because uh, we've got lots of follow-up questions, man. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much the sermon. So if you missed this past weekend or haven't seen it online, um, yeah, we're going to go through basically what, what you did, Dave, through the calling quilt. I've got questions about like, can you explain what the goal is of the calling quilt, first of all, of the exercise? Well, yeah, the goal is to help a person zero in or refine their calling in this world. Okay. So, and and it could be everything from just a refining to an explosive realization. That's why I said it's either like the rising of the sun, like, hmm. Or, or it's like pow, a massive and 
people change the direction of their life within mm-hmm. hours. That's I've seen both happen. Mm. And so you start by saying, or you started by saying like, there's a difference between jobs and careers and callings and destinies and, and, role. le- and, role. and roles and legacies. <laughs> so yeah. good. Um, why did you make that distinction and what are the difference? What are some of the differences? Well, yeah, it's the reason why those distinctions are necessary because that's what leads to confusion in the first place. <clears throat> and, and a person feels like, and I've talked to many people who've even not just a job, but a career they've been in for a, a long time and they don't feel a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And yet they think, I mean, you, one of the inter- most interesting things that Cassie said, it was um, when you said, Cassie, that you you thought you were supposed to be mm-hmm. a teacher mm-hmm. because that's what you were told. Mm. And I think a lot of people are in that in that same place. And yet there's a tug on their heart that says, no, there's something else. Mm-hmm. And so this process is to help zero in on what is that other thing? Mm. And I, I have a belief that we're hardwired, that God instills us with whatever this calling is. And that's why we kind of itch it until we find it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you do this before. And I don't remember if you were talking to a husband or a man or a woman, but they, they thought in a previous time that their calling was to be husband or father or mother. And you kind of called them out and said, that is not necessarily a calling because when they get out of the house or when they, you know, graduate high school, they're off to their own lives. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be wrestling yeah, kind of with your, who, what you are supp- supposed to be doing kind of thing. Yeah. And, or a person loses a spouse or your children move on or something in your role has a massive shift or you move out of an area where you're, you think your calling had to do with your friends. Well, now you're, you had to move to another state. Now what is my calling? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think our callings intersect our roles, mm-hmm. but I don't, I think to define it, as our calling, our roles as our calling are, and you, Cassie, you can relate to this. I mean, that's what we were talking about. Oh yeah. I mean, as a mom, you, early on, you think you're so all consumed with it. It seems like that is your, your destiny, your, your, the whole reason why you're here. And then as your kids get older and they don't need you anymore, you're like, what's going on? Maybe Mm -hmm. this is not my end all thing that I was put here to do. And so that's when that confusion comes in because you, you don't know what you're supposed to do anymore because your kids don't need you like they used to. Yeah. Is that why people just keep having more kids? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. No. Otherwise I think they'd space them out a lot more than they typically do. Yeah. Um, So is this exercise, Dave, why, why did you want to do it as part of this sermon series? I mean, it was the final week in this series. Did you want to do it to just kind of demonstrate some, but you, um, or somebody kind of on the journey to discovering their calling or their why to live for? Why did we, why did Grace Church choose to do this this way? Well, I should back up and say, originally it was not in the book. So um, originally the book was what it is without the last chapter on discovering your destiny. And I was, I think it was early on, I was meeting with my editor and it was interesting to run by things by her because none of this stuff was, she had never heard of any of this before she did about the Mm. broken places of the world or calling or that. But, um, and so when we had a conversation, I, I said, let me run something by you because I was thinking about it. I said, what would you think if the last chapter of the book was a real kind of a practical, a left turn, but a practical, this is how you find your destiny. And she just, she had such a visceral reaction Mm. She said, absolutely, that's yeah. what you need to do. I'm so glad you included that. Mm. Yeah. And and because I've been doing the calling quilt for years with people. Mm-hmm. And it just it just made sense. So once once I realized it was the last chapter of the book, it's it seems like a weird left turn at the end of the book because you're focusing on all these broken places. And it's like, yeah. oh no, it's almost like a how-to. Yeah. But um that's why we added it at the end because I think it's an essential component of the whole thing mm-hmm. of, of finding your why to live for. And the way you talk about it in the book, right, is that you can, this is something that you can begin or, or even do to some degree on your own, but there's a value in having someone else participate mm-hmm. in the process. Is that right? Yeah, there is. Um, because somebody, somebody asked, I got an email from somebody said, why, I really don't understand the pink, you call them the pink stars or the yeah. purple stars. I don't really understand what you were doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rather than me explain it, let, let me, let's have Cassie explain what she thought the stars meant to her as a recipient of this. Yeah. To have somebody 
look at your life from the outside. Mm-hmm. It's they're not emotionally attached to it. They can see the bigger picture. And so for me to watch him start to star parts of my life were making sunrise moments for me mm. each time. Cause I had never, until we went through the quilt, I had never put two and two together that I had doubts about my career in college. And I never remember actually wanting to be a teacher. I remember being told that that's what I wanted. So I had, I had never put that together and realized, oh wait, maybe this is why I've never been content mm. in education. And so to see him start to put things together for me was, was what started to then clear things up and drive where I, my focus was. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's a, there's a, there's a point where this is where a friend or counselor or somebody is helpful mm-hmm. uh, in that there, as Cassie said, you're outside the system of the person. Yeah. And you're also listening to the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and, and trying to determine, okay, what are you saying at this Holy spirit? What are you saying to Cassie at this mm-hmm. point? And trying to articulate that, so it's it's uh, it's definitely not a science. It's yeah, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Are, are there like are there like key phrases that you're trying to hear for, listen for? Like she says, she has doubts about her career. Right. It, yeah. If I'm trying to invite someone in, and maybe I go through this with them, yeah, an exercise like what what should I be? Well, what kinds okay. of questions should I be asking, or what should I be listening well, for? What you should watch for are visceral reactions to anything. Like there was something, we, we actually started this um, before getting on stage. We had about an hour and a half before we went on stage. There were a couple of times where I watched Cassie. Her eyes would would get bigger. Um, she, had, she would sit up in her chair a little bit. For And this is what happens every time I do the calling quilt. There's a visceral reaction. So you have to watch for that. Mm. I, I imagine there's also negative emotions too that you're right. watching for mm-hmm. when someone starts to kind of physically close in because we don't realize how often our bodies mm-hmm. give away what's going on even emotionally yeah in our and, hearts yeah and there's this phrase um you know what i'm about to tell you i don't think i've told many people mm-hmm. yeah so and you go okay well there's something clearly there's something in here and i believe that our deepest moments of brokenness are almost always some kind of seedbed for our calling mm-hmm. So I listen for those. Mm-hmm. Does that help uh, oh, yeah. to describe that? That's what I'm looking for. And are you, do you feel like this is more of a listening for you? Is this more of a listening <laughs> exercise? Or are you drawing stuff out of Cassie as she's talking? Are you helping her process or are you just kind what of letting think? her go both. for it? It was both because you have to listen in order then to ask the right kind of questions mm-hmm. to draw someone out. So I think it's a, it's a fine art of, of both walking that line between not trying to think ahead to what you're going to ask them, mm-hmm. but listening and then letting that spirit guide you mm-hmm. to then say, okay, there's something I want to try to dig deeper into. Yeah, And then it gets, and then it goes one step further at the, as you get closer to the end, actually through the whole thing, it gets a little prophetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause at one point you want to speak in and you want to. Yep. Yeah. So. I noticed that. So uh, in the service, you're kind of asking questions and you're just kind of writing down observations or things that yep. you're hearing. And then at the end you just, call out mm-hmm. what you're seeing yeah. in Cassie or whoever you're right. participating in this with. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, Oh wow. He's totally like empowering her and like giving her the confidence that maybe she yeah. needs or the, the, mm-hmm. the positivity right. that she needs to move forward with whatever the next step of this is. Yeah. Every time that's how they all end. Hmm. Hmm. And I, t- I, I feel the responsibility to do that. And I also feel that the person is going through the calling quilt is looking for now, I will say sometimes in the middle of it, I can tell a person is getting so agitated in a good way that it doesn't take a lot of prophetic word. I mean, yeah. it, it, you're watching it, it just emerge mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in front of them. But mo- almost I look, if somebody was doing this for me, I would love it if somebody looked at me and say, Dave, this is what, yeah, this is what you should be doing with your life. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. If I want to, if I want to do this with somebody, what kind of things do I need to know? You mean you lead somebody yeah, through it? Yeah, if I want to lead somebody through it, because I'm sure there's people either reading this book or the saw the <clears throat> service this past weekend and were like, you know, I've got somebody in mind that really needs this. I want to yeah. help guide them through an ex- exercise like this. What do I need to know? Well, let, Barry watched me go through a half of this with a person. And what did you, what do you think you picked up that technique wise you would need to do? Well, you have a, a set of 
exercises that you have people go through before you meet mm-hmm. things right. like Some life, home, there's homework. life How, mapping and, or that's what I wanted to know. Like a lot of homework you, there was a lot of prep work mm-hmm. that happened before we ever saw you mm-hmm. hit the stage. Yeah. And that's what I want to know from your end. Where did that begin? What did you have to do leading up to that big service? Uh, so I took the Enneagram, uh, the official one, cause I've taken a few mm-hmm. kind of sketchy ones online. Um, and got my number there. And then I had to do a life map, which was so much more difficult for me than I thought it was going to be. Cause I just kind of had, I had to go and sit back in my past and mm-hmm. things that I really try not to relive over oh, and yeah. over again. Um, I had to, let's see, I read the chapter in the book. Yeah. On the Enneagram, not only did you take the test, mm-hmm. but then I, what I asked them to do is, is go to the book, the road back to you mm-hmm. and study themselves and draw out of that, from their perspective, what would impact calling. So I, I wrote out the things that I agreed with about being a six and the things that I didn't think were accurate to me. I had to ask a few people in my life to tell me what they thought my strengths and weaknesses were. My husband, one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he I didn't have to ask him, but I figured of anybody, he probably knows mm-hmm. me the best. Uh, I had to try to figure out what brought me joy, what I could get lost in, what, mm-hmm. um, what, what and that was hard. That oh, was yeah. so hard to sit and think, what is it that really makes me come alive? Like, I loved your answer to that because you have kids and you I can't get lost because if you do, they always they find, find you. Well, and I'm not a daydreamer. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. like, I, and, and, and Blake was telling Lori, my best friend that she, he was like, she doesn't daydream. Yep. So when you were asking me, you, what do you sit and daydream about? I felt yeah. like a deer in the headlights. Cause I don't know. Don't. I yep. don't daydream. Yep. Yeah. And how old are your kids? Uh, I have twins that are nine and a son that's six. Yeah. So there's I mean, who still... has time to just sit and dream. Right. When your kids are that young. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm just such a practical person that that's just not part of what comes naturally right. to me right. to just be off in mm-hmm. la la land. I cannot begin to imagine what it would be like not daydreaming nearly <laughs> nearly constantly that's so. how Blake is too he's like I can always daydream yeah. I'm just gonna pull a daydream out anytime <laughs> that's so I don't funny. know how to do that I'm daydreaming right now right. no when I was it's when, my, neat. when my kids were around that that age um and I was kind of seeking direction for my life um my dad gave me a notebook blank notebook and said just write down your dreams and I didn't have any yeah, yeah. I had none how old were you uh, well, I mean, if my kids were around the age of your kids, I are was... you going to toss my age out again? No, no. My kids around the age of your <laughs> kids. I already blew that one. <laughs> it was bad. So oh, is thank this you for referencing bad. that. That's is this, hilarious. Is this something that is true for Enneagram sixes? It, it, is that... it could be. Okay. I mean, there was, so much that, there was so much that Cassie was saying that I, before you ever She's said six. you were a six, I so knew So Mary's a six too. Okay. And it's funny because we're all sitting in the same room yesterday watching the service and I'm sitting between my wife, who's a seven and Barry's wife, who's a four. Okay. And I'm on, I'm in the middle. Right. And they are predicting your number way before we even get to Enneagram. They're like, oh, she's totally a f- two. two. Yeah. She's That's totally hilarious. a two. Yeah, definitely a two. And then you say six and they're like, no way. No <laughs> way. Yeah. But I, I mean, it was like you were telling my story. Yeah. So I, it, well, and sometimes I wonder, I tend to not dream or try to look ahead to the future because when I was younger, I could not predict anything that was going to happen because yeah. so many people were uh, causing a change in my life that I had no control over. So mm-hmm. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it too. Like I don't, I don't, I know that nothing is guaranteed, so I don't want to get excited about something or dream about something because it could get taken away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's part of just being guarded and yes. playing it safe. Eesh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why'd you say yes to this? Well, because coming I, on stage and being in front of all these people and bearing your soul. Well, one, I'm super comfortable on stage. So that part didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, I, and I really, God has, has prepared me mm. so much these last few months and, and leading me to this place where he's like, I am calling you to something different. Mm. And I have had that burning, you know, I've always kind of felt like there was something else I was supposed to be doing, but it has been a burning in me Mm. the last few months. And so I think I was just at the point where I just needed to know and, or I just wanted to get some kind of direction. And there were so many little things that came together to lead me to where I just said, Hey, I'm excited about what you're doing in the future to Dave. And he was like, Hey, do you want to do the calling quilt? And I was like, sure. Yeah. In front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, So what's it, what's it been like? having your life exposed to the world and having people commenting on social media about your, let's do this. Wow. That's, 
<laughs> oh man, Tyler. Uh, what's it? What's it been like? I'm curious. It's only been what, a, 24 hours or something right. like that. So, <laughs> laughably, so I'm a somewhat private person. Um, not unless, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> unless I really know you. Uh-huh. Um, but I also have come to value um, truth and realness. That Auth- made up authenticity. word. Authenticity mm-hmm. so much that it honestly did not feel like a big deal to me to share that with people because it's just part of who I am. It's not something that I feel like I need to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I value it so much in other people that why wouldn't I want to show people the same thing? Mm. Because if you're like, you lay it out to me, I would love to know I'm not the only one that struggles with being selfish as a parent and as a wife. And I'm not the only one that comes from brokenness and really doesn't know how to fit in with people. Okay, then great. You're my person. I get you then. Yeah. Back back to your original question. Though. Yeah. This, uh, you ask, what does it take to do? You wanted to know yeah, what to say. So what do I need to know? I turned to Barry and said, what, first first thing is there's lots of homework that has to be done. Mm-hmm. And and person is, if a person's not willing to do the homework, it's not going to work. It just isn't. So mm-hmm. they, ha- they have to do it. So what else did you, what else have you seen now that you've seen it? So there's, there's that. Then you, what you did, I, I thought maybe since someone went to the, the person that we were with went to the effort of writing out their whole life story that you just look at it, read it and be like, okay, good. But instead you had them retell it. Right. Which I think gets back to what you were saying about watching the the physical mm-hmm. reaction. So you had him tell the story of his life same, and then, and then you're writing yeah. it on the board, even though they've already written it out. Yeah. It's, this is a, but that's when so many of those sunrise moments happened for me mm-hmm. where I was saying it out loud and, and yep. processing it mm. out loud. And I was like, oh, or to hear him or go. ask a clarifying question yeah. or point out something. Or you'd yeah. say, this is so important. I'm like, really? It is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it is important. Yeah. 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 All right. So there may be people who are listening to this who haven't seen the service yet or, um, yeah, have missed mm-hmm. it or just late. Um can I recap just a little bit of the context of your story? Sure. Okay. So you talked about <clears throat> growing up, you kind of felt like you were bullied a little yeah. bit and like a, you were, uh, you used the word misfit. Yes. Always. Um, and then at some point religion for you became a problem. Yeah. Is that because accurate. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in the church because my dad was a pastor. And so, um, I, 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 you know, came to know the Lord at such a young age. Um, and then when I got older and everything kind of fell apart, uh, it, it had to, I had to go through that process of trying to understand what I really believed and what was, what was really going on. And is it okay if I struggle? Does it mean I'm not a Christian anymore? Or is that like a normal part of life? And um, so I had to, at such an, at such an early age, try to figure out what I really believed. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I really believed about God, because for a long time, I didn't want to trust him because he didn't keep anything bad from happening. Yeah. So I, I mean, I struggled with trust well into my adult years, like deep down in your heart where, you know, "Mm, I'm really not fully trusting. I'm trying to, but I'm not fully there. And when you say things fell apart, your dad ended up leaving, right? Mm -hmm. So my question while watching your, you tell your story and listening was, yeah. What through all this, what did is the trust thing, the part where you're like, I didn't trust God or I didn't trust people or both or just men or both. like what? Okay. Yeah. Both all I, um, really letting people in to where they matter to me mm-hmm. was the big struggle because it felt like <clears throat> throughout my life, it was a consistent people consistently left. Mm whether as I just lost friendships or with my dad or uh, the church that I lost, I lost a whole church full of people that I had kind of grown up with. Yeah. Um, I just, I lost a lot of people. And so I- And how old were you? I was 15 the fr- that the first time that it happened. Yeah. So it actually, uh, he came back and then left again a little bit later. Um, so I, did, I didn't want to let people in because I didn't, want to continue losing people. So I got really good at that kind of surface relationship, Mm. but also felt really lonely because I think at the core, every person wants to be known and loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why did you keep believing in God? I don't know. (laughs) I really, I mean, I feel like it was the sheer grace of God. He, he just, his all encompassing love did not let me go. Mm. And, um, I, I had people and I'm, I'm kind of a rule follower. 
And so that part of it for me was, this is what I've always been told. So I'm going to stay going down this path as I try to figure it out for myself. Um, and God is just good. I mm. mean, he's put so many people in my life that can love me the way that I needed to be loved in those moments. Um, whether or not I realized it then, which most of the time I didn't, but it kept me kind of on that path where I was still seeking him. I mean, I've made mistakes, but, um, I've never walked away from him and that I, I really don't know why. Mm. I really just think that is just his, his grace. And here's the, <clears throat> here's the, the kicker. When you, when you go through the kind of brokenness or life struggle that Cassie's gone through, there are several reactions she could have one and she, which she is not is to live in it and struggle with it the rest of her life. And a lot of people do that with their brokenness. Sometimes it makes them a better person. They grow closer to God and they understand themselves better. But then here's where it impacts calling. She's taking it the next step because this was what it says in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, which she was referring to, who comforts, watch this, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings. So what she's doing and what was abundantly clear as she was describing the revelation she's having lately about how she relates to people is Second Corinthians 1 is playing out yeah. in her life. She's She has taken that she and she is in a loving way imposing her own healing helping others to do the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be stuck. No. And, and to help other people mm -hmm. not be stuck. That's in, in a, in a way, I mean, you, it was unfolding right in front of our eyes. That's really what, mm -hmm. what you will be doing with your life. Mm -hmm. Is this, how did you go from being like a calling yourself or feeling like a misfit? Like when did the softening of your heart happen? Cause you went from call, feeling like a misfit to smash cut. All right to people saying you're the most empathetic and compassionate and hospi hospitable, like you're welcoming in uh, other people. I still people. feel like a misfit. You do? I still feel that struggle to fit in, but I think that is what allows me mm -hmm. to reach out because I can sense that in other people mm -hmm. and I don't want anyone to feel like that. So if I sense it in you, then I'm going to want to do something about that. It's yeah. just in my, like, I just can't help it. I might just hug you, which I do a lot. <laughs> well, Sorry. a hospitable person who doesn't like to clean that, that makes you a misfit just by its very nature. So that? here's the thing. It's not like my house is this horrible pigsty. It's, it's just like there's certain nuances of cleaning that I just don't care about. Like yeah. you get a bunch of people responding like, I can help clean your house. Just no. let me know. Oh. Oh, come, come on. on. People people rise up. Come on. We're a community. Mostly it's people that are like, oh, I don't like to clean any either. So uh, that's, yeah. so that's <laughs> good. But no, nobody's coming over to clean my house, which is fine. It's, oh, it's my fine. Goodness. I have kids and animals and you know. How long do you, well, did you accept the things that people were saying? Like, is it easy for you to accept People being like, yeah, you're the most empathetic. No. Or, so, well, because it feels, I, to, I felt weird saying it out loud yesterday, these lists that these people sent me and that these people in my life that I love so dearly. And it felt like I was bragging. Yeah. And that doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, um, I can say, like, I understand that I'm empathetic, but I understand that because I live with that every day. And that doesn't feel like a, like a thing that's yeah, like, oh, this is so great. It just, it's just part of who you are, who I am. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it felt weird. It felt really weird to yeah. list those out. I think we're so conditioned, especially as people who grew up in the church mm -hmm. to be humble. Yes. That it's almost to the point where it becomes unhealthy or imbalanced when people are trying right. to tell you the good they see in you and you shrug it off because right. you don't even want to come close to the line of even being considered somebody who is prideful, boastful yes. or bragging. Absolutely. Yeah. And all three of the people that spoke into my life all said she doesn't 
see herself yeah. the way that she should. Yeah. <clears throat> Marin, you, uh, after service, you were like, I felt like I was, you didn't say this, but. <laughs> I like when you do impersonations you, uh, of me right across from me though. You so basically, do that again. you basically said, I felt like I was holding up a mirror. Yeah. It's so what did you hear? Even sitting here and listening to you speak, it's hard for me. I don't want to turn it all around and make it about me, but it's just, there's so much that I hear my, my self-talk. That's the beauty about self-talk. being honest and real with people yeah. is that people connect with you and then you can share those things and there's connections you never knew you could have if we could all just be a little bit more real yeah, with each other. Yeah. Yeah. What do we mean by real? Cause you said it a bunch yesterday, Dave, you're like, you, you value realness. Well, I was talking about her mm-hmm. and authenticity. Mm-hmm. What do we mean by that? Because my wife and I had this conversation. Um, we, we know people that we would say they're not being real, but to those people, maybe they completely are. Right. You know, what are we, what are we saying when we say we just want everybody to be real? I think there's a there's an aspect of vulnerability that comes along with being real, mm-hmm. you know, even just telling us, man, the ups and downs of your life up to this point in your childhood. There's a real vulnerability in that, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> some people have clean houses and good for them. Yay. But our lives, you and I, <laughs> that's just not us. And it takes a certain amount of vulnerability to even be able to admit that it's actually a real, uh, it's a real like sore spot for me. It was something early on in our marriage that was really hard for me to admit that that was not a strength that I brought to the marriage because (laughs) you go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to be a wife and I'm going to clean. And I, I ironed his shirts one time in my life and it was torture. So if you want them ironed, you're going to have to do it yourself. You know, they make a wrinkle-free you, a wrinkle free shirt now. That he has a couple of those. from heaven. His is it possible that you were doing it wrong? Because I don't think it's supposed to torture you. Well, because I waited so long, so I ironed like seven 70 shirts, shirts yeah. at yeah. one time. If it makes it you feel awful. better. We don't even own an iron. We've been married for almost six years. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. you do? You just like breathe just hot air on your hope, shirts? Yeah, hope for the best. Just breathe it on it. There were so many moments. I'm so glad both of my kids were in service with me yesterday. And so to hear you tell your story and my kids know that I'm an Enneagram six or whatever. But when you were talking about safety and wanting Mm -hmm. the world to be a safer place at any cost, just make it safer. My kids were just glaring at me and (laughs) my son tapping me on the leg. Yeah. So even that, even your authenticity in the service was helping my kids to recognize that, you know, this is hard to be a mom and a a thing. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. Because you're just scared all the time. All All the the time. time. (laughs) All the time. Uh, Wrap your kids in bubble wrap and Mm -hmm. send them off to school, right? No, don't send them to school. Wrap your kids in bubble wrap and lock them in the shelter. There's, I'm just, I've been over here on my phone, not because I'm just looking at whatever. I've been looking up comments that people have made on Grace's Facebook page yeah. and on the on Instagram. And there are at least three or four people who've said, wow, your story is just mm-hmm. like mine. It was so encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. I have the same fears. I have the same, it's, and it, it gave me hope. And so that, that has nothing to do with what we were just saying, except for the fact that this is a really cool, it's really cool to see how your story because of your courage to share it yeah. is suddenly touching other people's lives who now are like, yeah, wait, that's me. I could, I could do this. I, mm-hmm. God wants to use my yeah. fears and God oh, wants yeah. to use my only child history and wants right. to use this. And like that, I think that was really encouraging for well, people. I think, yeah, I think that's the whole point of doing it. Right. Is because we are, we just got done talking about, won't you be my neighbor all through February and we want to build a community of real people. Um, and you can only do that if you're wheel, if you're wheeling, gosh, if you're willing to show both the positives and the good things and also share the struggles as well, because I, I, I personally don't know how to relate to people that present a picture perfect life all the time. One, because that feeds my own insecurity. That's why you're not able to relate to me. Is uh, that it? That's right. That's the main reason. <laughs> that's what. Pitifully insufficient. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so for me, if I can see 
that when I come over, your house is a little messy. Oh, I'm like, oh, thank you. What if it's a lot messy, though? Then I, that's even better. Really? What if, what if <laughs> can we tell my, can we, what if they're routinely to share with my hay. wife? If I can see mice going across the floor, I feel, no, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, no. got those right now. <laughs> you we don't Dave. Know. Dave's don't. being real. Hey, old Authentic. houses, man. Don't old houses. Talk. First it was bees, now this. Bees, Ooh, bees. mice, yeah. Oh, I don't dear. do bees. Yeah. Um, okay, so you said you like to fix things. Mm-hmm. And my note was you like to fix them but not clean them. But Totally. Uh, fix them and organize <laughs> them. <laughs> do you mean like relationally you like yes. to fix things? So Yes. Um, I don't fix cars. Yeah. Okay. So all the all the pieces that are coming together in this in this quilt, this visual representation, kind of of the steps of your life. Like, what are you thinking yesterday or during service as you're seeing Dave put stars up and mm-hmm. you're kind of following along and you're like, yeah, I like to fix stuff uh, relationally, but I'm scared um, of the world and and I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. So what, so what, that plays into what's it. going through your mind as you're processing all of this in the moment. So I kind of maxed out toward the end of the calling quilt yesterday. I don't know if you noticed. I watched. Yeah. But I, I, I need to, I need time and space yeah. to process. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, I was like, I don't even know what to think or say right now. Yeah, because she, you, you got overloaded. There was so much. So mm-hmm. much. And I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. It I doesn't help so that you had to, you had to keep looking at the clock because you you I had to send, <laughs> whatever recorded thing that you ended up with was going to be sent to multiple campuses. Yeah. Yeah. We were flying without a net. Mm-hmm. We yeah, knew we, we had one shot to make this work. Yeah. Wow. Don't anyway. blow it. Wow. So I processed more last night. Yeah. With my husband, um, after I'd had some some time to kind of ruminate with it in my mind because I just cannot I cannot process all of that information yeah. at one time. Um, but what I've been one thing I felt was just such a relief Mm. that I didn't have to keep trying to force myself into the teacher box. Yeah. Mm. That for me was huge because that's just what I've been trying to do for so many years. Um, And so that was kind of set aside. And another thing that I felt so much comfort in is I love my home. I love being at home. I love making it a welcoming space and I love inviting people in. And I felt the freedom to start thinking of how I can use my home as my launching space Mm. to love people and thinking about the group of people that I feel called to and in looking at different areas in my life where I've already kind of seen that coming into play. Um, And so there was just a freedom of thinking, oh, I can still I can still focus on my family who really at this point in their life, they really need me. And, and yet when I have this, this free space during the day, I can invite people into my home and love them and, Mm. and help them figure out what's going on and see things in their life and, and gently help guide them to a place where they might be happier or more fulfilled or at peace. And then I can take time I need as an introvert then in my home to recoup because that's important. I can't keep pouring out to people if I don't have that space. Mm. So this all gives me those all those different elements where then I can take a couple of days where I I like hibernate and don't see anyone because I would have to be able to do mm-hmm. that. But then I can say, oh, I want to have this group of women over and I want to feed them and I want to talk with them and I want to give them a place where they feel loved. So those are all the things that I was just... And I'm just grinning ear to ear because the it kind of culminated, your whole calling quilt culminated with the words uh, coach, Mm-hmm. Maybe you're you're to be a mentor, a discipler, a guide, a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband leaned over my two children in the middle of service to look at me and say, "Pastor." Mm-hmm. Yep. And I I don't think he meant like pastor of a church. Right. He meant pastoral in your gifting yeah. that you are a shepherd to others, and that just that was like a. The sun was dawning for Jed. <laughs> just <laughs> recognizing that, point, that. I was deer in a headlights. Oh. I'm like, I don't know. But even what you just described is very pastoral, that you want to mm-hmm. open your home to be able to guide people and encourage people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the part that stuck out to me was when you were teaching and you had these parent-teacher conferences, 
That was my favorite part. Your, your favorite, like nobody looks forward to that. Nobody, nobody's like pumped about them. But I would like, I would put like flowers on the table and have yeah. candy and be like, come on in. It yeah. would just be super no, right. casual. So yes. What you can't see on the pod is how she's physically reacting yeah. to this. Yeah. That's the things you look for. Yeah. Well, and As I feel like I'm physically That's, reacting to you finding <clears throat> your your calling. Right. Like it's just bringing so much joy into the room. Yes. Yeah. And I imagine there's a sense where if you were to imagine yourself doing that as a for your life, like that's right. what you did as yeah. a life, you'd be like, well, that's too good to be true. Just right. nonstop parent-teacher conferences. I just can't just shepherd people. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But, but that's when, for me, when you start to kind of get on the edge of your calling, you realize like, wait, I could actually wait, do, I this? do this? Mm-hmm. Like I could do this. Right. That, that's kind of crazy. And I, it yeah. fits in with how I'm wired right. to, to want to be... To, to still want to, my family comes first, yep. but then that introvert part and knowing I'm going to need to have space to be able to recharge and to be in my home, which sounds, I'm not like a total homebody, but, but that's part of yeah. where I feel yes. so much more comfortable. And so to have all those pieces come together is just <clears throat> crazy. So you did the calling quilt. Mm-hmm. What, what is someone like Cassie supposed to do now, Dave? What, after you what am do I this exercise, do yeah, what, what is she supposed to do? <laughs> Let me step back and say the process that I normally take a person through is three hours. And so we didn't even get three hours mm-hmm. in. It was probably, so I, I would like to get together with her again. And what you just asked her about, I wanted to process further. Mm-hmm. She needs a little time though mm-hmm. yeah, to experiment and try it. And then um, what a person needs to do after that is just try, mm-hmm. do, dabble. And then, and then watch what happens. I am already discipling someone. There you go. Yeah. Just there after I, yesterday? Yeah. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Someone asked me. I what? said, yes. Okay. Well, I have time and space. Oh, let's do it. And that Mission accomplished. Well, and it's the, it's only the beginning for her. Yeah. In, in that regard. So it's, um, it, there are, there is more that, it, that actually I'm working on a follow-up to the calling quilt that I don't know that I'll be able to institute here at Grace. <laughs> Got only yeah. 14 months left. <laughs> but uh, maybe Barry can run with it. and Or it'll probably in what the business I'm launching, the, yeah. a follow-up to The Calling Quilt. And uh, yeah, I'm actually thinking about a second book now. Like The Calling Throw Pillow? Yeah, Calling <laughs> Throw Pillow. Uh, what? The, the Calling Comforter. The Calling Sham. <laughs> oh, the Calling Sham. That's Wait funny. a second. That's That'll, that won't sell any no. books. Yeah. No. I would, I, at some point, I would love to know if people are doing this on their own. I'd like to know how it's going. Yeah. I'd love to get feedback. So, Do you just get, after weekends like this, Dave, do you just get inundated with people saying, I want you to do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a bunch. Which is fine, and I'll do some of them, mm-hmm. but um, shouldn't ev- well. I don't want to get started down there. But I was going to say, shouldn't everybody here learn how to do this? Yeah, why not? Shouldn't staff and like volunteers not, all learn how to? It's really not that hard. Well, you got well. It's you just, all right. You have to be. You have to just pay attention. You have to like, listen. Feels like a lot of pressure though on the person doing the calling quilt for somebody. Okay. At least in my mind. Yes. Yeah, so the, maybe here, that's my six coming out. <laughs> what if I don't? What if I don't see anything? What if I steer this person yeah. the right. really wrong way down yeah. the but, wrong path but listen, to their doom? Listen to you two sixes. I'm scared. <laughs> that was Amy. Yeah, it was yeah. Amy. <laughs> so she's got she's got ironic, a whole category on the yeah. soundboard. Oh, by the way, amazing. yeah. The ironic thing, Cassie, is you would be able to do this very well. Yeah. That's so scary. I, th- I mean, just, worst case scenario, they just go off and and spend the rest of their life pursuing something that is completely the wrong oh thing. Gosh. It just is kidding. a little scary. No, really. No, here's yeah, it, yeah I get it, it is. But here's the deal: if if what you experienced, Cassie, was wrong, like if it was totally the wrong direction, and you tried it out, mm-hmm. you wouldn't find life, and you'd be like right. really frustrated, and you would have to go back to the drawing board. I right. don't think that's going to happen. No, but I don't either. I don't think it's. I, I don't think that the sky would fall if you didn't nail it the first time <laughs> through the process. I think it's, right. it's, it is a matter, just like the Enneagram, it is helpful mm-hmm. as a step for understanding yourself. That's right. That's right. Ultimately it's your life that it's you live that helps you discover why you were born. And I mean, <clears throat> based on medical science, the way it is nowadays, <laughs> you might have three times 
you might live twice again as long as you've already lived right now. It's possible. And if that's the case, you've got... Which, since you're in your 40s... Oh, my gosh. What? Sorry. Not I, in my 40s. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said that. Uh, you I said tried. she's in her 40s? I did. Yay. That was my bad. He only said it once, I though. I said it once, you... but have I paid the price yes. ever since? <laughs> yes, I have. Because 430 is like drama team central. Oh, and they were like... Oh, throw oh, things at you. I know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't give a oh, dramatic reaction. So sorry. I heard about it. All that to say, you might live a very long time, so you've got plenty of time to try it out. Yes. And there it is. Yeah. I agree. I think that it's the fear that keeps a lot of people Absolutely. from stepping out and doing something like this. But that's why I was glad to hear you say all of the background work that went into it. Mm-hmm. And that you're not just, you know, starting with nothing. No, that- I... I feel like I've been in it mentally for a really long time before yeah. even yeah. coming up on stage. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It's something that um, you had to approach prepared and I was really well curious thought about it. out. Yeah. 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 But I was ready for it. I mean, I was, I was primed and ready for mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things mm-hmm. is yeah, if, if you want to do this, like you can read the book and be like, I really care about uh, decay or something. But yeah. if you're not, if you're not ready to do a deep dive into oh my goodness yourself exactly because it's not easy yeah I mean it's really it's so much mental work like yeah. I'm I I feel like I'm tired yeah you tired yeah just the the having people fill out your strengths and weaknesses and stuff you've got to be willing to be vulnerable vulnerable enough to receive yes you know both sides of that right yeah. I uh, I was listening. I may have talked about this on the show, but I was listening to a guy talk one time, and he did something similar to this. He w- he challenged himself, or somebody challenged him, to go around to acquaintances and say, "What is? How do you? Who am I to you? What do you appreciate about me? And where do I let you down? Have I talked yeah. about this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, never mind. It's a great no, no, exercise. Go ahead. No, it's a good <laughs> exercise. Uh, okay, so. He did this with the acquaintances. So not like, not like uh, spouses or, mm-hmm. but like your barista at Starbucks that gives you liquid right. grass or. <laughs> don't don't like forget it. the creamy part. Yeah. yeah. He chose, he chose to do this to a variety of people. One of them being his uh, dry, the person that works at the dry, local dry cleaning company. And he said, you know, over the years he had gotten to know this, this fella's uh, family and he had a daughter who was in kindergarten. And so he, they became friends and um, this guy said, okay, who am I to you? And the dry cleaner said, you're a friend, your name's David. I mean, you, uh, you're a good friend and you're a loyal customer. And yeah. And so he said, what do you appreciate about me? And the guy said, I really appreciate that I am more than just a guy who gives you your clothes. You know, I, I appreciate that you take the time with me to care about me. You ask questions about my daughter. You attended her piano recital or whatever it is. Mm. And he said, okay, where where do I disappoint you when I show up? Or like, how do I disappoint you? And he said, you're not a man of your word. Ouch. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, come, come again? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Okay. Um, and the dry cleaner said, um, yeah, you're not a man of your word. I give you, I ask you every time you come in here, I ask you, when would you like to pick up your clothes? And you say Thursday at five and rarely do you come at Thursday at five. And the guy was like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, sorry. He's like, that's not the point. The point is I love you so much that I, sure the people that I know that I want them to know you because of how influential you have been to me. I tell them to come at five on Thursdays so that they're in the same space with you when you're picking up your clothes, that they may ask you some questions and get to know you a little bit better. And so they come and then you don't show up and I look foolish and I'm embarrassed that, you know, maybe Mm. next week you'll come. So, so eventually you're, you are the guy who does not keep his word. And so from that point on, uh, this guy is there at 445 on Thursdays to go pick up his laundry because he knows that the dry cleaner is going to have people there Wow! to t- speak with him or get wow. to know him a little bit. Wow. How long does it actually take to pick up your dry cleaning though? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I can't stop thinking about right now. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Forget yeah. it. Never mind. Uh, I'm just in and out. You know, I'm not like, uh, I'm not meeting people. The point is, <laughs> you have to be willing to do the work, and if you're not gonna, if you're not willing to hear hard stuff about you, yeah, then yeah. stuff like the calling quilt probably you're not ready for yeah, yet. That's right, Tyler. How do I disappoint you? <laughs> Let's do this right now, right in front of the world. 
I feel a chill in the air. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Barry, where are we going next? This is the last week in our series. In our Why to, Why live, to for. live For so series. That is wh- correct. What's happening next? So next week, we are starting a short little series to prepare us for Easter. We're going to be looking at the several moments in the life of Jesus, all from the Gospel of John, that in a sense present a part or a portion of his identity. Jesus as God, Jesus as healer, Jesus as king. And we are going to be looking at those events and just talking about them. And I think it'll be good. It'll be good. Easter starts early, basically. It, does right? it, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like a three weeks <laughs> leading just, up to Easter thing. Yeah. Just go in whenever yeah. Easter is. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, speaking of Easter, we need, we need, people need to know, man, we're open on Easter. We're open. What, as a church? Yeah. We've got like a bajillion services. People, okay. Find your favorite. Come. This is my new favorite thing about being a pastor, which I've only been a pastor a little while. But now, no matter what, people who know that I'm a pastor, even if they don't have anything to do with church, they're like, oh, you getting ready for the big day? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. uh, they're like, you must be really busy. I've had multiple people say, well, we don't have to meet that week because I know you're going to be really busy. I'm like, I'm not preaching. Like, I'm not busy. <laughs> I don't know what it it's is. It's the same thing when you're preaching. Nothing changes. Right. It's just yeah, another, it's, it's like, a week. I mean, it's a big weekend. It's the best. We're really, it's, really it's, excited to host everybody at Easter, I mean, it's everybody. Gonna it's going to be great. It's no, it is. Like, it's people like Maron who have to put in the extra yeah, work. Yeah, that's seriously. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's not. And Ben, who's backstage right now doing yes. all the yeah. crosses that are going to be in. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> all right. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, who's preaching next? Dave, are you next? Me. All right, I'm so you'll be back two weeks in a row, week, eh? Uh, yeah, this week, and then Barry's on, and then I'm doing Easter. Yep. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cassie, yes. thank you so much for being here. I know that I texted you kind of last minute and was like, in case you're interested, and then you got here today, and you're like, man, there's a lot of uh, feedback from <laughs> uh-huh. the thing, so I'm uh-huh. a little tired, but thanks for doing this. But thank I also you so much. really, really appreciate all of the feedback. I mean, it's been, yeah. it's been beautiful and, um, affirming and, um, yeah. So I appreciate good. it all. Yeah. I good. really do. We cannot thank you enough for yeah. just putting your whole life out there like yeah. that and letting <laughs> us just go on that journey with you. Thank yeah. you so thanks. much. Thank you. Dave, thanks for being here. You're welcome. All right. Marin, will you please send us out? I will. I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 